If you have your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 2, verse 19. The Gospel of Luke chapter 2, verse 19. I want to say two things before I read this text. First, Dr. Carolyn Gordon is the first person I ever heard preach this text. She was my preaching professor at Asbury Seminary and the inspiration for this message. Second, let me give you some context. It is the very first Christmas morning. Mary and Joseph are there around the manger. Jesus has been born. The angels have appeared to the shepherds in the fields, and they are now gathered there around the manger as well. And Mary is taking all this in. Luke 2, 19 says, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Lord God, I pray your favor on us as we gather in person and online. I pray that you would bring this word to life for us. And as we hear it proclaimed, as we reflect on its being read, would you do a work in us that moves us to join you in what you're doing? Save us to the uttermost. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. How at such a young age did they find a teenage girl so wise beyond her years? I wonder how the triune God decided that she would be the one. When the angel first announced to her that she would be the bearer of a child, God's child, Mary seemed confused and disturbed. Maybe it was because she'd never heard those words before. Nobody had ever heard those words before. To be sure, the prophets spoke of a Messiah who would, who would come. But there was 400 years of silence from Malachi in the Old Testament to Matthew in the New. Nothing had been written. And the people prayed for a Messiah. They looked for a Messiah. God's people had nothing but hope. And now this is how it's going to happen? Mary is perplexed, and the angel says to her, don't be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. Forget about the fact that this awe-inspiring, fear-inducing angelic being is standing there in front of her talking. Don't be afraid because you have God's gracious favor. God loves you so much that he has chosen you to be the bearer of his son. And Mary's response, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. She did not say, how can this be? I am too young. How can this be? I'm not yet even married. How can this be? It's just me, myself, and I. She didn't say any of those things. She told God who she was. I am the Lord's servant. Mary relinquished her right to the throne of her life saying, whatever God wants for me to do, I will do. This young woman, this young girl, however old she is, decided to follow God even though the cost would be great. She was betrothed to Joseph, who could have had her put away, could have even had her stoned, and the community could have done the same. Here is a young woman who is pregnant. What should we do with her? Even though they were praying for a Messiah, looking for a Messiah, 
They were not expecting the Messiah to come. Not like this. And Mary said, I'll carry this child. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. If you follow Mary's journey, it is this long story of, girl, you should have quit a long time ago. Here she trusted this God and God took care of her husband, Joseph, who chose to be isolated and ostracized by his community for this woman who claimed to be carrying the Christ child. And the next thing we know, they're on their way to Bethlehem to pay taxes. That's just wrong. You're nine months pregnant, riding on a donkey to a faraway place to pay taxes, still haven't had your honeymoon I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Once they were there in Bethlehem, Joseph couldn't even find a single second, third mother's brother's relative to put them up for a night. Have you ever been traveling and they lost your relative, uh, reservation? Have you ever been nine months pregnant riding on a donkey? And then she goes into labor. Of all the times to go into labor, there was no room for them in the end. So here she is being told, you will have the Messiah. He'll be the son of David. He will be for all time. And Mary's having this baby in a barn. I am the Lord's servant. Do with me as you will. When that baby was born and the shepherds came along with the angels and later the wise men, Herod put a contract out on all baby boys. Now she's got to get up, pack up and flee up to somewhere else far, far away. I'm sure she trusted God, but now she can't even go home. And as she held that baby in her arms, full of wonder, I'm sure the question had to enter her mind. How do you raise the Messiah? Well, you know she went to the library to get Dr. Spock, Baby Wise, Growing Kids, Godway's book on raising Messiahs 101, 102, 103. How do you raise the Messiah? One time they were traveling and three days into their journey, Mary and Joseph discovered that they'd lost Jesus. Oh, he's with Aunt Bertha. No, he's not. He's with, no, we've lost Jesus. Oh my gosh, Jesus. And they had to take a three-day journey back to where they'd come from. And then uh, no telling how many days wandering and retracing their steps, looking for Jesus. And when they found him, Jesus was in the temple asking and profounding the scholars of God. And Mary says to Jesus, where have you been? We've been looking for you. And Jesus says, oh, mommy, I'm so sorry. No, Jesus said, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? There's a scripture that says, spare the rod and spoil the child. Now, maybe you came from one of those homes where your parents spanked you just a little bit or maybe spanked you a lot. And as they did, they were calling out to God. If you're disciplining the Messiah, who do you call out to? Oh, Lord, Jesus! how do you raise the Messiah? I'm the Lord's servant. Do with me as you will. 
Well, things weren't getting much better. As Jesus continued to grow, he became a rogue. He kept breaking all the Jewish laws. He hung around 12 shady characters. A couple of them had anger management issues. He was homeless on occasion, said so himself. Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Truth be told, Jesus was no son that you wanted your daughter to bring home. What does he do? Well, he travels around healing people, raising the dead. Where does he stay? He's got no place to lay his head. Who are those people? That's his network. Them are his people. How do you raise the Messiah? I am the Lord's servant. At one point, it got so bad that people started accusing Jesus of being crazy. And they told Mary, you better go get your son. He's lost his mind. And Mary got the brothers and they went to Jesus. Someone pulled him aside and said, Reverend Jesus, your mother your brothers, they're outside. And Jesus responded so eloquently, he remained calm and he said, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Now, I don't know about you, but I can see my mom saying, boy, you better get over here, coming across the room, making a scene, grab me by the ear and yanking me outside. Instead, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. How do you raise the Messiah? I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Well, at one point, Jesus got into big trouble and he went before the court and the people yelled, crucify him, crucify him. And if you read the scriptures, Mary is kind of just hovering by in the background watching as they whipped him. And they did all kind of mean things to him. And I can imagine Mary, as she saw Jesus hanging there on the cross, bleeding, battered, bruised, seemingly promises unfulfilled. I can imagine Mary reflecting, all God asked me to do was to raise his son. And God, I trusted you. And now he's hanging there on that cross and she stayed there by her son. How do you raise the Messiah? Somehow, Mary, did you ever think that you had failed? And I wonder if you've ever been there too, felt like a failure, felt like you did your dead level best, but still got it wrong, might've even made a fool out of you. Oh, Mary, God has found favor with you. Mary's standing there feeling not so favored. Her beloved son on the cross saying, Father, why? Why have you forsaken me? And in that moment, when you're still hoping for a miracle because you never thought that God would let your son go out like that, Jesus bows his head and dies. Who is this God? You promised that he would be great, promised that he would reign for all time. But Lord, I embrace your call. Even now, 
I am still your servant. Do with me as you will. We say God is good. We quote that all things are possible. God doesn't fail. And Mary's burying her child. Jesus is laid to rest. God has entrusted you with someone and you have to bury them. How do you do that? Mary has to care for her dead son's lifeless body. How do you do that? But Mary, she's so faithful. And early on that first Sunday morning, she went to the grave and there she found an empty tomb. How do you raise the Messiah? Lord, I'm just your servant. Do with me as you will. How do you raise the Messiah? You don't raise the Messiah. God does. No matter what it is you're going through, you are God's servant. God's servant. God's servant. So how do you raise a church? How do you raise a marriage? How do you raise a child? God does. And the truth is, it's not just all about you. Not just all about me either, but it is about God. A God who loves you and me so much. A God who stepped down out of heaven, laughed and cried, lived and died a brutal death. He was raised from the dead, ascended into heaven. And when he did, he went from being right here on the outside of us to right here on the inside of those who claims his name. Because of the person and work of Jesus Christ, you are God's servant. And if you claim that truth and hold on to him, God will have God's way in your life. And how do you raise the Messiah? You don't even have to worry about that. God's got that well under control. That's how you raise the Messiah. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.